And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. And we are live, guys. Welcome back to our Fighting Fit podcast. So in today's episode, myself and Chris are going to delve deep into the world of disordered eating, okay? So what we want to do is we want to kind of talk about, you know, structure, how you should be structuring your food, you know, what things you could possibly be doing right, and then maybe some things that you could possibly be doing wrong, and then we will give you some tools or solutions for those problems. I think that, you know, everybody now between the couch and, and the press or the couch and the fridge, you know, it can be very, very difficult to kind of, you know, get a structure and a routine together, especially if you're not the most organized person or especially if you're a little bit, you're a little bit emotional and you kind of get into, get into those emotions and tend to eat your feelings. Um, yeah, but on top of that, I think it's important to understand that everyone's in normal routine. Well, not everyone. Some people have the same routine. Some people are getting by fine. Um, but a lot of people's routine has been just turned upside down. And, um, you know, they're missing family. They're missing members. There's a lot of new emotions that maybe they had, might not have had to deal with in the past that they're having to deal with now. And um, in the modern, the modern world that we live in now, uh, eat, eating tasty food is like a really, really good way of dealing with those emotions. Uh, it really helps soothe them. It really helps uh, you feel better. So uh, I think um, disordered eating and uh, a lot of the behaviors that lead to disordered eating are on the rise these days. And hopefully this podcast will help people manage it a little bit better, understand it and recognize the behaviors and the patterns that are, that are maybe causing them to gain weight a little bit, or maybe cause them to feel guilty over the food that they're eating. Um, and hopefully they can solve it after listening to this one podcast. Yeah, well, look, it's, it, will be, it will be new information, if anything else. All right, so um, let's talk about disordered eating. Uh, so first off, uh, well, I want to make the clear distinction that um, when we talk about disordered eating, we're not talking about eating disorders. And I know that sounds like a little bit uh, like they're the exact same thing. They are not. They're two different things. So an eating disorder would be something like um, anorexia or um, orthorexia, which is like too much restriction and too much... Too much um, focus on eating everything healthy and getting everything perfect. Um, or then there's also bulimia and all that sort of stuff as well. And um, that they would be classified as eating disorders, but disordered eating like 99, not 99%. Uh, most people have disordered eating. I uh, have disordered eating sometimes. I'm sure Brandon has disordered eating. Steven does. Loads of members do. I'm um, not going to call anyone out or anything like that there apart from us because we're yeah. fam. Uh, but disordered eating, it's, it's really normal, um, especially in today's uh, today's age like there's a lot of advertising and all that sort of stuff there's like right now the world wants you to be reactive the world wants you to react to this react to that and to make impulse decisions and um disordered eating can come along with that as well so if you are you know you're just like oh you feel like you want something you go oh i'll have that that's probably that's a little sign that um you didn't plan to eat it you just went out of your way you didn't understand you don't know how many calories are in it you're just having it it's out of order there's no sort of order enforcing it so it's really normal. Uh, most people have it. Um, and that it's like, it's not that bad, but uh, it does also indicate that you know, you're not sort of matching your physiological needs with it. So uh, disordered eating usually leads you to eating too much. Um, it also, it's when you, you have, um, when 
you've disordered eating. Like there's a lot of things like you'd be preoccupied with food a lot. You'd be um, preoccupied with eating or not eating or the amount of calories and stuff. Or, you know, you'll go from like one extreme to the other. Um, you won't really have a plan in place. Uh, you'll skip breakfast and you wait till you're hungry. And then when you're hungry later and you're starving, you're reactive. So you like binge on, on chocolate or if you're in the shop, you know, just to get something to actually sustain you. So you might sneak a few wee bars here and there, whatever it is. Again, I know I know what the behaviors are because I've done loads of them myself. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, I'm sure a load of people, when I'm saying it like that, they, they recognize those behaviors. But um, I forget my point was, it's basically eating, <laughs> disordered eating is normal. Loads of people do it. But if you want to improve your nutrition, you want to get a little bit better at eating, um, implementing some order into your nutrition would help a lot. The way we do that is we would like you to implement a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. So a lot of people say, you know, oh, you don't need to eat breakfast and all that jazz as well. And the correct, the, the response to that is like, yeah, you don't, you actually don't need to eat breakfast, but it will leave you to be hungrier <laughs> at around lunchtime. And the hungrier you get, like you can't be growling. You, you can't be growling, but it's really hard. And if your willpower is low, you had a fight with someone or um, your stress, uh, growling more than likely will win. Um, and growling is the hunger hormone. So if you, you're walking into a shop, and um, you, you want to get something tasty and something that's actually good for you. The, when ground spikes, the, the cream eggs look awful tasty uh, when you're standing beside the till. And the, they're right there in front of you for that exact reason. Uh, I, so I've, I've literally on. noticed a 20% increase in price of my shopping when I go hungry versus full. Really? 20%? Literally 20%. Like I could, I could spend maybe, let's say, 90 euro on a shop, and then I could spend... 120 so that would be nearly you know 20 30 percent you uh, you've got a full family to shop for as well though but like i said the difference is that i'm hungry yeah the whole that's family, it like, i don't send the whole family they're hungry it's just me <laughs> yeah so it's it's like being, being hungry like i think it's important to recognize like a lot of people it will be unconscious to, to their emotions and how their emotions influence their thoughts and behaviors so the way i like to think about this, this isn't fact or anything like that but it's a good sort of analogy um, like if you are happy there is like a certain pool of thoughts and behaviors that you will do when you're happy if you are angry there's another certain uh, pool of thoughts and behaviors that you will do uh, when you're angry if you're sad there's another one if you're hungry there's another one as well and there's different thoughts and all that jazz that will go along uh, with it so we want to avoid being hungry as much as possible and the way we avoid uh, being hungry as much as possible is we have like a steady supply of meals. So we have a breakfast, we have a lunch, we have a dinner, and we have them at a consistent time every day. And we have a, like, it, it's reliable so that we're not being like, oh, geez, I'm starving. I don't have this in the press. I don't have my lunch with me. Um, I'll just get this in the shop real quick. Like if you don't know what you're going to eat that day, well, then more than likely you're going to be reactive to, to what you're eating that day. And um, that will lead you to in today's day and age overeat <laughs> that's what it'll lead you to overconsume calories you'll be eating um you know, calorie dense new calorie dense foods that lack nutrients instead of um nutrient dense foods that are low in calories sorry so, and you you said twice now that it will lead to overeating but disorder eating could also mean that you're under eating as well couldn't it uh, yeah yeah well it uh, yeah, so it, it could as well, if you have a bad relationship with food um, and you know, you're know you just restricting like mad and you're not like, if, um, if your goal is to get lean uh, and have more energy, so what might happen in your head is you might think, okay, well, I have to get lean first and then I'll sort the energy out later. So uh, the, goal, the goal in your head is to restrict food and restrict and then you still want your retreats and you look at the treats, the treats are like you know, 500 calories for like you know, basically F all and... Um, so you leave yourself you have the treat oh that was lovely and then you're still hungry and then you're sitting there starving 
with no calories left and then you're like feeling restricted like that's not a good behavior to to sort of uh, keep going with for your diet like it's not very sustainable so what will normally happen in that is that um, you'll either starve and suffer and be be miserable and under eat um, or you'll have the extra food after it and then overeat does that make sense yeah yeah but what i'm trying to say is i, I suppose what i'm trying to say is like you know if if there's a trend of overeating like let's say based on your bmr and activity levels therefore you know as a general trend you'd be gaining weight that mm-hmm. can be disorder eating when it's not planned obviously and you know mm-hmm. when it's not beneficial to your health but then also if you're losing weight if you're just on the wrong side of that calorie deficit, because even though you're kind of engaged in that behavior let's say that kind of leaves you on the lower side of the calorie deficit it's still disordered eating yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so absolutely. and again so just the definition of disordered eating there chris um, so disordered eating is any type of eating that regularly doesn't match your physiological needs, whether eating too much or too little. So and uh, the layman's on. breakdown of that, Chris. Uh, we reg- we say regularly uh, because we're not talking about uh, loosening your belt once a year or a uh, belt for a once yearly holiday meal or occasionally skipping a meal when you're traveling. So the regularly part of that is um, basically like. It's okay if you deviate from ordered eating once every now and then, uh, but if you are doing it consistently, like every single week and you don't have a plan in place, you don't have any sort of structure, that's where it becomes a problem. But like, let's say so you've been eating normally for a month and then it's someone's birthday and then cake shows up. It's like, if you've been eating normally, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday is the birthday, it's like you can have cake on a front. Like it's not going to ruin your bloody diet. Does that make sense? Yeah, so so basically what it seems to be, so if I was to like to, to give somebody, let's say like, the label and obviously as a professional I like unless I was a professional I wouldn't be able to do that so like if I was to give somebody that label of you know you have an eating disorder that's kind of like that's kind of like you know that's almost like a psychological issue whereas this could literally just be like okay you've got no plan and routine whatsoever with your food yeah like you know so the this Disordered eating usually, like 99% of the time, it comes from people who don't have kitchen skills, they don't, have, they don't know how to plan their food, they don't know how to shop, uh, and they're eating just because, oh, that tastes nice. And they don't know how many calories are in it, they don't know, you know how much water they need to be drinking a day, they don't know how, like, how many calories they should even be eating in a, in a day. But it's like, oh, that's tasty, I'll have that for breakfast because I like that. I'll have this for lunch because I like that. I'll have this for dinner because I like that. Oh, like a lot of people they're to live their life for like oh my favorite dinner is you no know, chicken curry and chips and they'll have chicken curry and chips four days out, four days out of seven a week and you know, they're, they're great like but it's their life and they don't want to do it that way as well they can but they they think the problem is that like they they don't know what their goal is like if they're gaining weight obviously that's not sustainable by doing that every like if the goal isn't to gain weight exactly yeah, and, I mean, that, that, and that's that brings me to my to my other question and again I, I think you're already touching this point but just to hammer at home is if you are engaging in that behavior it's like so it's in order to taste nice or i enjoy it or it's easy it's like so that's to that end so what would the alternative be like what is the goal well i'm sorry i don't know what you mean so what is the what's the goal of let's say we have we're talking about disorder eating now that's the kind of behaviors and so we eat because we like it and so what's the goal of ordered eating so the goal the goal of ordered eating is to basically just like eat for a certain goal if the goal is maintenance it's like if you want to just stay the same weight well it's like you have a range of calories that you can eat and stay at the same weight and normally most people do some sort of exercise if you don't do exercise you you should be doing some form of exercise every person like we're made to move um but your your nutrition should sort of fuel your training and fuel your energy and, and try and make sure that you have good energy throughout the day and what that looks like is 
if you if you have like a nine to five job again everyone's different everyone's life is pretty idiosyncratic like it's it's unique to them but let's say there is a general trend of a nine to five so you need a breakfast at about seven or eight o'clock in the morning um, you need a lunch at about 11 o'clock you need a dinner when you finish work and then you need also need maybe a couple of snacks throughout the day as well just to keep you tipping over if let's say you're training so those snacks would be put in so before training so you can have optimize your 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 energy for your training sessions as well so you're not getting hungry you're not getting hunger pangs you're not getting irritable because you know you haven't eaten anything and you, you have lots of energy and it's just like it and on top of that it's helping you perform that's why like your, your nutrition is helping you do better throughout your day rather than hindering you going to throughout your day and you have to enjoy it as well so if you don't enjoy your food you're not going to stick to it very long so there's no point like i would say disordered eating would also be doing all that stuff having your breakfast having your lunch having your dinner and if you hate it that would also be disordered eating does that make sense okay. like yeah. it, it is very contextual and and i think that's the biggest thing that i want people to take home from this is that like context is so important when it comes to giving nutrition advice because you know like you tell somebody 1200 calories a day and they're you know six foot four it's gonna be like they're gonna be starving but if you tell someone who's five foot nothing maybe 1200 calories and you know they're really lazy they don't do anything throughout their day it's like that that might be enough for them it, it's very very contextual way for everything mm. and later on kind of in the nutrition course and the nutrition course that we've done is basically like it's the top of the pops and what happens so the, the general population you know our average member let's say would be at what we call a level one client and so mm -hmm. sometimes as you kind of gear up to level two clients are generally people who are starting to compete in you know physique competitions at you know an, an amateur to intermediate level and then athletes again at that amateur intermediate level and then level three is you know physique competitions at a pro level and then again athletes at a pro level and obviously you know with some you know crossover between level one level two and level three and sometimes as it comes into level two and level three clients so those those athletes sometimes disorder eating is actually it's needed for mm, the athletic yeah. pursuit but in, in general, in general, most people should be aiming towards, you know, this kind of ordered structured approach, because that's what's going to leave them, as you said, you know, more energized, you know, uh, more better health markers, you know, sleeping better, more routine, more enjoyment out of your overall life. Exactly. If, um, if you're, if you don't have a, have a plan for your nutrition, well then you're leaving it up to chance. And if you leave it up to chance, uh, in today's society there's so many primers around there's so many triggers uh, for basically to binge or to to go off the rails or to eat um low nutrient value foods with high uh, calories in them uh, you're more than likely going to fail in your diet so or you're, you're just going to gain weight and get unhealthy um but the, the next thing i wanted to, to talk about as well is that like if um, your eating behaviors cause you distress and then you try and relieve that stress with um with food like that's a very very strong indicator that you need to do something about your nutrition yeah. uh, and and the, your mood and how you how you act your relationship with food um you're you shouldn't feel guilty about eating something you really shouldn't um and you shouldn't feel distress about your meal plan meals or dinners or anything like that like one of the things about people when they first start the program that i see from from a, a fair few people is like oh my god can i have this can i have or i can't have this i can't touch this there's no way oh i can definitely not do this or i took away you know one tablespoon of this here you know, they, they get very very sort of down into the nitty-gritty of it and like it's almost like a sin uh, to break away from the diet and that there like when it becomes compulsive that's a strong sign that you need to start uh, you know, taking the chill pill a little bit and, and relaxing with your nutrition like it, it's not 
it's not as serious as as um, you think it is. So you don't you don't need to become this high performance athlete. Like the best thing to do when you first start nutrition is to give yourself a range. Don't give yourself an exact number. If you give yourself an exact number, if you don't hit that number in your head, you failed. Whereas like if I was to give you a, a protein goal, I wouldn't give you, all right, your protein goal is 120 grams of protein. It's like your protein goal is 105 to 130 grams of protein. Can you do that? And then once you do that, it's like, all right, now let's narrow the margin a little bit you know, to get it a little bit more close. But like with protein, typically more is better. Do you get me? Um, and, and with so, people, with people, again, I have literally done that. And so you give, you know, I've given people a range of 100 to 150. Again, as you said, obviously the 150 being what we're after. And let's take two people, for example, you know, I've given John um, 150. And, you know, for the first two weeks, he basically smashed 150 out of the park every single day. And so mm-hmm. we just said, all right, you know, John, let's stick to 140 to 150. You basically be so that you're clearly, you know, you, you've got good order and good structure in your life. And then I've given other people, you know, a range of 100 to 150, you know, to begin with. And they, you know, they're still hitting 50, 150 some days, 30 other days, 20 other days, you know, 90 other days, whatever it is. And so it basically is like those people, is you know it's like we can you really start to learn an awful lot about people when you're coaching and people really do come in all shapes and sizes and you know willpowers and discipline levels and all this kind of stuff and you know if you're somebody who really has you know that that lack of follow through that lack of discipline it's like this is this is the kind of stuff that you really want to start paying attention to it's like you know is the simple stuff it's like stop looking as i said about you know the level three client or athlete behaviors it's like and really just start focusing on stuff that you said like having a breakfast lunch a dinner well one of the things that i'd say uh, about that is that some people some people feel like they need to have that that exact detail in it um, and that exact detail will cause them so much stress that they'll abandon the plan completely and like it's 80 percent. like a lot of the time is a lot better than 100 percent one time and uh, the goal is consistency and if you give someone to a range and it's like it's a fall within that range and you tell them give them a pat on the back you did it even if it's on the lower end of that range, which doesn't really matter. But like, let's say the goal is, is 130 to 150 grams of protein and they get 131 grams of protein. Whereas like before the goal would have been 150 and you go, no, you did it. Good job. Well, then they go like, they're going to be spiking dopamine. They're like, oh, I've already did it. It's a wee win for them. And then there's a wee aha moment. And it's like, oh, I can do this. And uh, getting a moment like that is much more important than them hitting 150 grams of protein. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what one of the things where, why coaching is important because you like you get to navigate those sort of situations for people and make sure that they they have those little aha moments because um, then you know they'll actually do better in the program and they'll keep up with the with their fat loss journey. Yeah, I th- this is a little bit off topic, but it's 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 so funny though. Like when you're dealing with people, like like I I suppose like when every member that I deal with deals with like pretty much one version of me, but when I am dealing with clients, you know I've got 150 clients. Let's say I, I there's 150 versions of you know, me as a coach, because every time I show up, I have to take it as a case by case basis. And it was yeah, very yeah. interesting because like someone could show up to me and I come away from that. I'm like, just, I'm, 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 I was an awful hard ass there. And then other days, like, you know, I come away and I'm, you know, it's like a big gentle guy. And, you know, I'm always like, you know, super nice and airy fairy ready because there's some people who, like I said, they show up and they like, they, before I look for greatness in somebody, I just look for that consistency. And there's some people who just struggle so much with just that consistency and that order. And there's other people who have so much consistency and so much order that you can just literally, it's like you just keep moving the goalposts and they just keep achieving and achieving and achieving. And you get these people 
down the bottom sometimes and they're literally just running in circles or doing the same thing, the same pattern over and over again. And again, I really feel like this is just, you know, something stress is like, it's, it's failing to, it's, it's looking past the simple things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think you're right there. The looking past the simple things is it's, it's an arrogant thing to do. And I want to say arrogant because I want there to be like a, a little bit of a level of disdain towards it. Like arrogance isn't necessarily a good thing to do. And a lot of people think they're better than those little habits. Like it's almost like they're aiming too high. They're not aiming low enough. Does that yeah. make sense? It's like, oh, they're like, oh, I, no, like I, I, put, I put my hands up hundred percent and say like, I remember when I first started with health and fitness, like I remember like thinking like what I had to eat was just chicken breast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and again, that's, it's not just arrogance. Sometimes it's a little bit of ignorance. You know, it's like, you literally don't know, you know, it's like, like I didn't yeah. know, like I wasn't educated, you know, it's like, I'm not like, I was the ultimate, you know, lack of skills in the kitchen, lack of knowledge, um, lack of, lack of uh, ability, lack of, um, what would be tools, lack of tools. Like I didn't have like loads of, you know, knives and pots and pans and, or, or yeah. any kind of idea how to use it all. So, like for me, I was I was kind of showing up to what I thought, and what I thought I needed to do was to jump from A to Z. Yeah, and because what you need to do is go through A, B, C, D, and maybe if you go through A, B, C, and D really well, you can skip E. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And go to F. Like, and it's it's that simple. Like, you have to you have to go through the basics first. And if you if you don't go through the bit, a lot of people want to skip the basics and they want to just be like, oh. I can do everything uh, and some people actually can that's the thing that surprised me as well some people uh, some people actually can switch all the behaviors at the drop of a dime like that they are special rare individuals uh, yeah. more than likely if you're listening to this more than likely you're not one of them but if you are one of them and you know you're one of them like if if you're one of them you know you're one of them uh, fair play to you <laughs> I wish I was like you. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm not like that. I mean, I, I can't. I can be at times under pressure when I need be, and I suppose everybody's probably seen that side to themselves. You know, it's like, oh, I wish I was as good at doing projects as Mary. And then the next thing, you know, you've got 24 hours until your exam, and it's Mary mode. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, all right. But for, uh, for most okay. people, they can't just do it on demand. Yeah, it's it's hard. Again, people are. A lot of people think that they're that humans are just super rational beings and they can think through everything and logically do everything. It's like there's a cool there was a cool sort of meme that I seen eh? and it was like Joe, there's the person, the rational brain that's sitting on top of this elephant, and then the elephant is just across it was like the emotional body. And it's like our job as coaches is to coach the elephant, not to coach that your man sitting on top of the elephant, Joe, kind of trying to direct it. Like the person on top thinks they have control to direct it. Do you get me to do? And it's like they kind of have some influence, but if the elephant wants to go the other way, it's like you're not winning. You're not winning that fight. That is hilarious. Yeah. So that um, is hilarious. That is amazing. I suppose like it's so true as well because like if you're thinking about walking an elephant, like realistically in that situation you have zero control. But what you do have is you have all the conditioning of that elephant that you've done in the past or lack thereof. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some people are riding some wild elephants. Hey? That is that. I love that. I, that's a, that's a new idea. I've never heard that. It's so cool. There you go. So the the, the next thing I was I was gonna uh, talk about were all the all the different sort of behaviors and thoughts and beliefs and uh, Joe um, stuff that that people do that I would associate with um, let's say disordered eating. Okay? okay. So first off, self soothing. So self soothing with with food that would be um, so one form. Then there would be um, distracting yourself from unpleasant sensations or emotions. That would be another one. 
Um, also, people can ha can signal distress as well. Um, they can avoid experiences or challenges by just going in and eating some ice cream. Uh, they would use it to as a coping mechanism or as a solution to another problem. Um, or it can like food can be can act kind of like a drug or an addiction as well. And so like if you find that you're you're compulsively eating because you know it's just what you do in the evening. Every time you go, like if you, it's like, oh, I just go in, I sit down in the couch, I get my pack of crisps and I crack my, my can of beer. See what I mean? It's like, if that's it. And then it's like, if you feel like you, you can't stop that uh, because you know, you'd be missing out on life. Uh, it's like, you need to look at that a little bit more closely. And there's a reason why you're doing that. Why, like, and it might be stress. It might be, uh, it might be because, you know, you're not living up to your expectations or whatever it is. Um, but it's like the, you need to look at why you're doing that and why you can't stop doing it to get to where you want to go. Does that and, make sense? And, and if I was to say to you, like, like, let's dig deeper on that. Let's say that like you're after, you know, you're really after resonate, resonating with somebody and that's them. It's like, do you have any advice or, you know, know of any resources or, you know, what's your advice for somebody who, like I said, is in that compulsive state where like, and, and uh, genuinely, okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. So first off, first off, okay, um, uh, a food feelings journal. Now I know that sounds very, um, you know, like airy fairy and laddy da, okay. But uh, the the people who are doing this, more than likely, they're unconscious of why. And when I say unconscious, I mean they're not aware. They don't know why they're actually doing it. They don't know why they like it. They don't know why it's a comfort to them. Okay, so all you have to do to figure out, okay, is write down. Let's say it's you. You come in before you have your packet of crisps. You can still have it, and you can still have your beer before you do it open your journal and write down why I, I am having this because I sat down from work. Okay. I had a stressful day um, and I want to relax. I feel like I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm a little bit sad because my um, wife didn't give me a kiss when I came in the door, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever it is, whatever the emotion is. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, it's because I'm lonely. And then you're like, well, what could I do instead of being lonely? Maybe I could call fucking John down the road and then, you know, all of a sudden you have this way more meaningful way of dealing with this painful uh, process or this painful sort of feeling. And it works a lot better than the, than the food or the, the alcohol or whatever it is. Like you, you need the, the, again, like to someone who drinks alcohol, you know, um, every night compulsively, do you get me? You tell them to stop, like they laugh or they're like, they're, they're, like the cynicism that you get from it is like, here, like, what are you talking about? Do you know, I, I never do that. Do you get me? Because they don't they don't understand like what they're missing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or maybe they do understand it and they just they haven't tried any alternatives that that give that meaningful response. So like if if the answer is loneliness, do you know, like you do need a, a meaningful conversation or a meaningful connection with someone else. If um, the answer is boredom, well then maybe you know you need to actually find something creative to do. Like maybe you need to start painting. Maybe you need to start drawing. Maybe you need to walk, to to go out for a walk or something. If it's a uh, loneliness and boredom are, are two main ones but if it's sadness or if it's an emotion that you need to talk to someone about you know, talking to a friend helps a lot if you don't have a friend to talk to um, which is really sad if you don't um, a journal will help so if it is an emotional pain clearly articulating um, how you feel and why you feel it will have the same sort of relieving effect or the same level of like that sort of like a weight lifted off your chest after you talk to someone it will have the exact same effect if you write it out as clearly as you possibly can it's great advice. There you go. Hopefully that was clear. I felt like I was rambling a little bit. And, and so, right. And so, again, let's say now that I've done my food journal. Mm -hmm. 
I've sat down, I've figured out that it's actually boredom. Okay. And so it's boredom. And so no, I'm bored. No, so I drink my I drink my pints and have my crisps or whatever like that. And you know, I wake up the next day, I'm like, oh, that was shit. You know, not that it was shit. I actually enjoyed it at the time, but now that it's over, I actually regret it. And so now that I regret it, you know, what do I do this evening? Um, so now you're aware of, of what it is. What do you want to do if you're bored? So I want to drink beer and, and, and eat crisps. Yeah, okay, that's one option. But I'm sure like you're a human, you're a multifaceted thing. Like you have lots of other things that you like to do. Maybe it's work in your car. Maybe it's read a book. Maybe it's you know, watch a TV show instead without the alcohol. Maybe replace the alcohol with a non-alcoholic beer. Because you know, maybe it's like, maybe it's just the fact that you want to crack open a can and just sit there because that's like a symbol of success for you. No, it's not. It's not. I like the feeling. You like the feeling of being drunk. I like the feeling of drunk. I just love it. Uh, may, well, then maybe it's not boredom. Do you get me? Maybe, maybe you just want to drink. Ooh, and he goes a layer deeper, guys. So, and then so let's say that's a good point. So let's say it is just that I just like. What, what did you say? What do you mean? Maybe I just like being drunk. Yeah, maybe you just want to drink. But there's like if you like there's a reason why you want to be drunk like there's always a reason why you want to be drunk there's like it's either to have fun yeah okay and to let loose or to not deal with emotions yeah. you know, like or or to like maybe try and enjoy a movie a little bit better or something like that there and that's it or maybe like most of the time most of the times it's probably someone just like they want to enjoy a movie a little bit more and that's that's about it and um, i think if that's the thing that you want to do like try it without it and see what happens experiment experiment with it a couple of times um, and you, what you'll notice is that you'll feel a little bit better the next day yeah. and, and saying that like there's nothing wrong with having a beer and watching a movie but there's something wrong with having a beer and watching a movie and not being able to stop and if that is the case and you can't stop like seek professional help go like go go look for someone who who's actually specializes um with stuff like that they, i actually think it's important that we emphasize that um you know, like dealing with someone who is, let's say, like an addict or a, you know, an alcoholic or something like that is outside of our scope of practice. So like it, it, that would be where we like if it is to the point where they're actually an alcoholic and they can't stop doing something like that there and it is ruining their life. It's like you know, we're health and fitness coaches. We're not therapists. We're not um, we're not like you know, alcohol experts or anything like that there. Um, so when it gets at that extreme, that would be our job to, to refer it and be like, we need to get you some actual proper help and I, th- I think with that as well like now, now that i kind of like think about it, like jamie if somebody came to me and like they needed help and fitness advice like jamie like i don't know who else that they should go to like they should go- come to me like i have the inside scoop you know and i feel like exactly like you said it's like if there's an expert in alcoholism it's like they have the inside scoop like they've you know seen this inside out and backwards the same like people like you know um psychologists who deal with people you know specifically eating disorders and all this kind of stuff like they have the inside scoop they have that little bit of information and you know there is definitely people who can help who are experts like for toxic like if you want to you know if you want to improve your movement capacity i'm your guy you know if like if you want to you know help structure your meals and come up with a plan and you know find more protein dense foods and you know maybe get a little bit deeper as to you know who you are and what you want is like you know we do a, an excellent job at that but like i said it's exactly that it's like there is some things that are just going to be outside your scope like for toxic if you go to your doctor and many people do you know, but health and fitness is like crazy. It's not, that's not their, it's not their area of expertise. Exactly. Or, or what they'll do is they'll, they'll go to their big book of stuff. They'll open it. They'll look for what you have, open the book and be like, oh, there's a thing that I have to do. Like some, like 
doctors have a lot to learn. Oh, like they have a lot. 100%. When, that's, so, that's exactly. so like it's um, they 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 actually they have a lot of work to do and they have a lot of um, a lot of different. There's a lot that can go wrong with the body and they have to know all about it. Or, or ch- chances are, like if, if it's a, if it's a good doctor, you know, it's like I suppose doctors like are like him, but they do the opposite. They'd refer you to us, <laughs> or or to to a specialist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, the the next thing I was going to say as well is that like if you're if you're compulsively if you're compulsively so let's say we'll take it away from alcohol okay and let's say um, you're compulsively eat, like snacking on crisps and jellies and and all this sort of stuff in the evening okay you can replace that stuff with better food like you don't have to fix it straight away like you can put your head in this little continuum where like one is like you're just going to keep eating you're going to ignore all of it in fact you're going to get more sweets okay. That's level one, okay? So that's the that's the worst sort of mentality. You're sitting at like, let's say five right now, okay? And then 10 is like, you've completely changed everything around. But if completely changing everything around sounds really unappealing to you right now and you don't want to do it, it's like, what would six look like? Instead of being a five, what would six look like? Okay, maybe I won't get the jellies this time. And instead of getting a can of Coke, I'll get Coke Zero. Or instead of getting Coke Zero, I'll, I'll have a bottle of water. Do you get me? And then you can still have it and then you've made a better decision. And you're like, okay, I can do this for a week and then I'm doing slightly better. Like, because a lot of people ruin progress by expecting themselves to switch everything perfectly and to switch straight away. And if they don't do that, they're a failure in their own eyes. Um, it's like, just make a slightly better decision. It's much more sustainable uh, than you know, drastically changing everything all at once. You give great advice, Chris. Thanks. Did I ever tell you that? Uh, yeah, I get, I get it every, like, nearly every one-on-one that we have. Good. Not me and you, but... Yes. Yeah, no, um, like you said, yeah, or like you said, I should say, it's like, you know, good, better, best. It's like, you know, what would be good is if you just sat down and enjoyed yourself. What would be better if you sat down and enjoyed yourself in a healthier fashion. What would be best is if you sat down and enjoyed yourself in the healthiest fashion possible. Yeah. And so, you know, no, that would be best if you didn't sit down at all. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. If you, if, you did some, if you did some yoga and ate some kale, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so... What else did I want to get 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 on there? Um, uh, no, I don't. The the restrict binge cycle is is a really important one as well that that people need to to sort of address. Um, if you're in that restrict binge cycle, okay, um, or if you do have disordered eating and you see something like you know the keto diet or intermittent fasting or low carb or whatever it is, it's like just be. Be very fucking careful about jumping in on one of those trends because I know I did it. Uh, I I know Stephen did, Stephen did it. Brandon did it. You know the fasting, the OMAD, and all that sort of stuff. There are supposed, supposedly benefits to it. Um, but what I found is that when I ended up doing stuff like that, there I ended up um, teaching myself to overeat for one meal, and then I'd sort of like my stomach got wider and it would just improve my my or it would increase my appetite for all the other meals as well, even when I wasn't. Does that make sense? Uh, right. I right. This is this is now into my own personal experience, and okay. I I feel now like I feel newly I feel re-educated now in the whole situation because I literally was a massive intermittent fasting um, proponent, and the reason being is because it got me great results. And here's 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 my two cents on it: is it got me great results because as I said, like I'm going through an evolution from you know someone who had very very dis- disordered eating. Like I literally, when I was younger, wouldn't eat a vegetable. And would literally only eat beans and toast. Like that was my life. Sausages, <laughs> beans, and toast. That's what I ate, and plenty of butter. And you know, like I was trained, and maybe like noodles. Like you're literally talking like 
you know, crap food, like crap, simple food, but my goodness, it was tasty. And so basically where I came to in my level of discipline in life was that it literally took all my focus and I thought I was fantastic if I got one meal right a day. And so when I was doing intermittent fasting, I could get results only eating one meal a day and I would get that one meal right. And really what that was, it was to make up for my lack of organization and structure because I couldn't be organized enough to have a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner and snacks. So what my solution was, was, okay, I'll do it once a day. And I was beasting and I was getting great results for the first time in my life. And I absolutely loved it. And then what happened was exactly what you said, a very, very, like very, very similar to um, anorexia where they see themselves as skinny or they see themselves as fat, but actually they're very, very skinny. And for me, I was looking at my plate and the plate looked very, very small, but it was actually a regular size plate. So I actually, you know, gave myself like, like, uh, you know, a mental um, obstacle to overcome because I was literally like, like my portions were now a fraction of what they used to be. And what they used to be to me was starting to become normal. And obviously I didn't want to, I didn't want to keep it. When, when you do that, you'd eat until you were stuffed and you, you'd ignore the satiety signals. Yeah. You'd ignore it. You'd ignore that. Like you, you'd eat, you'd gorge until yeah. like you, you stuffed it again and after you go. But, but like, again, but which I find is absolutely fine. If I was to sustain those portions and sustain that one meal a day, the problem was that I wasn't going to sustain that because, you know, I had stuff like to do during the day or it'd be a party and I'd want to, you know, come back into the regular eating so- pattern. So this, when I go back to this, like eat behaviors that interfere with and harm proper physical, psychological, and interpersonal functions. And it so was for me, the main, like the main one, I thought I was fine and I would have been fine if it wasn't for the interpersonal thing. Like I wanted a, exactly. a, a, a food social life, you know, I didn't want to be the one just eating at a certain time, but, but I genuinely do feel like, you know, if you want to eat once a day and you find that that's going to be your long-term approach, which as I said, it's like, it's one in a million I'd say like I mean it's like it's a very rare person is going to eat once a day consistently forever because the, the point of this is to organize your actual routine and so what happens is if you come away from OMAD or you come away from intermittent fast it's like well have you now got a structure and a plan in place to come back to and I didn't and I found that when I came away from OMAD that's when my new journey began of okay I need a breakfast, I need a lunch, I need a dinner, and I need snacks, and I need them to fit my plan. And so basically, I took my one meal and divided it across the days. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Um, but the next thing I was going to say on that was, um, like, intermittent fasting is actually a level two strategy. So, like, when we, when we, because we've done the nutrition course, um, when we're dealing with clients, we'll divide them up into level one, level two, and level three. Level one is basically, you know, like your average Joe, you don't want to get lean or don't want to lose weight. You know, most 90% of people are level one and myself and you, I'm sure you felt the same sort of impulse. We wanted to go right from level one to level two straight away. And then maybe start dabbling with level three. Level three is your high performance athlete, your bodybuilder, your, your, um, your basically anyone who is like literally has to be rigid and they're getting paid for it. Like if they're a fitness model or something, something like that there, that's level three where you are weighing stuff down to the ground. Jimmy, and you're not even looking at water if it's the wrong time of day like silly stuff like that there like that where you, know, you have to limit carb intake and your carb cycling and intermittent fast and all this mad stuff that normal people don't actually have to do to get the results that they want um so intermittent fasting is a level two it's a level two strategy for someone who has maybe 
got into like a, like let's say the 15 to 20 percent a body fat range so they've hit a bit of a plateau and um so their nutrition is on point there's no there's nowhere else to sort of make and make much improvements they're eating minimally processed whole foods so they're they're restricting their calories just a little bit but they're fine after getting hungry it's like if we intermittent fast um we can make sure that like we can mitigate that hunger um and we can reduce the calories a little bit more and that's all it is it's a strategy for that and it's not it's in no way a long-term strategy and that's what it emphasizes in the precision nutrition course it's not a long-term strategy uh, the long-term strategy is breakfast lunch and dinner now I'm not going to be a bloody, I'm not going to say that that's dogma and that that has to be true for everyone. Again, everyone's life is different. Um, but for 90% of people, that's what works. And if you don't try that first, uh, well, then you're missing out because it's actually like, it's really nice to wake up and have a nice meal. It's really nice to have a good lunch that you're, you actually look forward to. It's nice to have, to have co- cooking skills so that when you go to make something to eat, you're like, oh, this is lovely. So when you show your friend, you're like, you didn't make that, did you? And you're like, yeah, I did. I'm bloody Gordon Ramsay. Jamie, like Brandon does that to me all the time. He's like, oh, I got this new little bloody slicer yoke that slices all the things up like really fine. And I was, was like, I was blown away by it and I'd never heard about it before, but now because he got it, like I got one. It's like silly stuff just, like that. Just, just FYI, Gordon Ramsay would not use one of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's Gordon, fair. Ramsay, but, Gordon Ramsay would have the sharpest knives and develop his knife skills. So I cheated. Yeah, but in saying that, like there, there are kitchen skills. So a lot of people might not know like I know I didn't like you might not know that there's kitchen skills and you, know, you have to learn different ki- kitchen skills to get better at nutrition there's a lot of people who who are in in fight and fit who have way better kitchen skills than we do because yeah. like you know they're just they like being in the kitchen and all that stuff and you don't have to get unbelievable at it to get good good results but um it is it is worth looking into especially if you have no cooking skills whatsoever so if, if you're eating let's say stuff out of packets all the time you'll pre-made this pre-made that you're leaving your nutrition your your nutrition sort of up to chance in and in the the hands of whoever made that food product um if you make it yourself with minimally processed whole foods you're in complete control you can add this you can add that and you can make it whatever way you like and um that seems like it's a lot of effort but if you put the time into it it's actually like a bit of fun and every time you do it and you make something nice you're like oh jay this fair play to me i really love that yeah 100%. Chris, we are going to have to wrap it up, unfortunately. All right, we are out of time. So, guys, thank you so, so much for listening. We hope that you found it helpful. Again, there's plenty in there for you to, you know, take on board and hopefully get a little bit more organized and structured with your nutrition. And that way you can live a happier, healthier, more energy filled, more, um, what would you say, you'd be full of vitality. And so that's really, you know, the goal of this plan. And so that way you can start organizing, you know, your fruits, your vegetables, your proteins your macros, all that kind of stuff into your day. And so that it's a reliable system that you can repeat across time and then get therefore get results across time consistently. All right. And guys, if that is something that you want to do, we have a program available. I'm sure you know by now. And so what you can do is you can get in touch with us uh, via email at fightingfitnation.com. We also have a, um, you know, plenty of resources available to you guys. So one is our fitness mindset mastery. And so if you kind of like the philosophy side of things, you know, focus on our mindset, there's a free PDF that you can download. And it'll kind of, again, go through the simple things to kind of help you get a rundown on, you know, what would it take to get yourself into the right headspace to start thinking about this? You know, what are your goals? What is your vision? What do you actually want? And then again, there's also a nutrition guide, which is going to be full of, you know, high protein foods, high nutrient dense foods. Foods are going to keep you fuller for longer and also going to keep you healthy. If you have a lot of fat to lose and you're looking to do it in six weeks, we have a, a kickstart nutrition plan 
um, available. And so that's, you know, it's a high accountability plan. You get some extra coaching. You also get access to all of our classes and you will also get assigned a transformation coach. You'll either get myself, the lovely Chris here or um, a FF Sam on Instagram. All right, so you can always check us out guys on Instagram. I am the FF Movement Coach. Chris, you are? FF Chris M. The big dog, Stephen, he is the main page, fighting double underscore fit. And so you can check him out as well. Guys, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. And we will see you in the next one.